Welcome back to The Backmarkers, the F1 podcast for new fans, by new fans. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by team principal, Austin Evans. Hello, I'm going to only be uh, on FaceTime for this episode, but I just want to just call in and say, good job, team. I'm enjoying my vacation today. <laughs> you spotted that, right? Where they were like, oh, he's talking to his mom and dad. Oh, no, wait, it's Toto. <laughs> you know, and the worst part was, you see Carlos, it's like it's like Carlos was like the like the unwanted stepchild just sitting there, and everyone's like having fun. He's just like, chatting with dad. Hi, Toto. It's me. <laughs> uh, you love me too, right? Yeah, me, right, right, right. Uh, well, Mike, I, I feel mm-hmm. like... Normally, there's a lot to talk about with the race. But uh, would you like to give us the top highlight? Because I feel like there's one very big thing that happened today that you've been waiting for literally all season. My boys are back, baby. The boys one, are two. back. One, two. Ah, uh, it's taken a long time for me to feel this way. <laughs> but now, it feels better. Yeah. feels better. Yeah. This feels better for me as a fan, right? Like, I desperately wanted to see a win. I, I wanted it for both of them, right? Like, equally today, I couldn't have picked for as a Mercedes fan who I would want more, right? Because you've got, on one hand, you've got George Russell's first win. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying, this to my wife before we started. And like, this is so important for him because he probably thought he could have won the entire season before it began, right? Mm, He's going in at Mercedes, right? Like to George, it's like, oh, I'm in for a shot. But then this is how it ended up panning out for him. And then you've got Lewis, obviously an incredibly important weekend for him, becoming an honorary citizen of Brazil. But also a win for Lewis will continue his streak. He's won a race in every season and it is looking increasingly now he has one more shot at it. And that's, you know, he's a man of so many records. Does he care about this one? I don't know, but he obviously also wants to win, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, truly wild. Uh, this has been an actually incredible weekend of racing. Yes. Uh, and we should probably talk about it, but we should start as we always do. Can you fill in the rest of the uh, starting order for us? I can, I can. And boys, let's talk about it. So, of course, we've got P1 George, P2 Lewis, and we've got Carlos coming in P3. Carlos had a really good race, which I know we're going to be talking about a little bit. Then going down the rest of the order... Man, is there a lot of team orders nonsense here? We've got uh, Leclerc P4, uh, we've got Alonso P5, Verstappen P6, Checo P7, Ocon P8, uh, Bottas P9, and surprisingly, I didn't realize until after the race, uh, Lance Stroll P10. He actually snuck in and ended up getting the last point off of Seb, who ended up coming in to 11th, which kind of sucks because Seb had a terrific race, and I completely missed in the uh, sort of the drama of the last few laps exactly what happened to Seb and how uh, Lance got through, but... Yeah, man. Yeah. The f- Boy, there's a lot to talk about. Good and man, there's some bad things that people are very upset about right now. <laughs> yep. Uh Yep. yep, well, yep. Let's we'll get to those. <laughs> Let's try and do this in order. In so order. It was a sprint weekend. Yep. And in before qualifying, like before sprint we are qualifying. Kevin Magnuson, which yeah. that feels like a, a month ago that Kevin Magnuson got pole position. In, you know, it was just one of those things where, and the, I think he said that, that Haas had been preparing for this, like they had been attempting this, and Kevin had this whole season of like when he would get his first lap in to try and get the best first lap he could mm-hmm. on the chance that something like this occurred, which was that uh, George messed up and beached it and, put, and was a red flag. I actually... 
uh, didn't see qualifying. I think there were a couple. I think Charles Leclerc had an issue as well, if I'm remembering rightly from what I read. I, I didn't see qualifying. But it ended up with Kevin Magnussen being on pole, but on pole, obviously, for then the sprint, which sets the order for the race. Exactly. So, there's this weird thing when I did it this year. We spoke about it on one of the earlier episodes uh, of the show because when they, they changed the rules a little bit this time around where, like, technically Kevin Magnuson will always count this as a pole. Yes. Even though he did not start first today, he, had, he started first in the sprint. And the winner of the sprint goes first, but they're not technically pole. Very strange. Yes, that all is correct and checks out. It's very, very complicated. But yeah, so the thing was for qualifying, which I know we don't have to get into for a lot, so there's so much to talk about. But it was rainy. It was kind of yep. weather was going to be coming and going. It wasn't really quite clear what was going on. But what basically the Haas had, and specifically with Kevin Magnussen, that car can fire up its tires really well. Uh, Kevin put in a terrific lap. So yes, it seems like it was a fluke. And obviously there was some luck involved. But the top nine of the top 10 drivers in uh, Q3 all got at least one shot at a lap right and kevin was the one who strung it together best yes he was starting sort of at the lead because the uh, has pit uh, box basically allowed him to just pull straight out onto the track but still terrific job there and mm-hmm. then you get to the sprint and of course he was not able to hold that p1 i believe he ended up in eighth which still got a uh, has a very valuable point uh but the uh sprint itself man there's a lot to talk about there too so for me, I think it was not a massive surprise to see Mercedes are doing better, but I did not expect them to completely just outclass Max and the Red Bulls, right? Yep. Like, I mean, it is they very clear. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like all weekend, like they owned them, and and it went in a way that I wasn't expecting. And I think I even saw a clip today with Max Verstappen before the race. It's just like Mercedes are unstoppable. Yeah, like he said, it's just like they look unstoppable, and I don't, you know, like. I, I'm not aware of anything particular. I guess this is just the slow march of progress that they've been doing, plus clearly a track that suits the car, right? Like, I think it's a mix of all of it. But nevertheless, like, you know, because there was question yesterday because on, in the sprint, uh, Max was on mediums and the Mercedes mm-hmm. were on softs. Yeah. And, oh, I, you know, and I think, I don't know if, Pe- I don't remember what Perez's tire choice was. And of course, we didn't actually truly get to see a competition today with Max at the top, which again, we'll get to, but (laughs) nevertheless, like the Mercedes were also eating alive Perez. So like they had the ability to keep the Red Bull car away, which is just not a thing that they have had the ability to do for the majority of the season. Max or Perez didn't matter. The same for the Ferraris as well. They could also keep the Ferraris at bay, even when they were on a worse tire, right? Like they're right towards the end, right? Like Sainz had a newer tire, fresher tire still, they couldn't get to it. And, you know, so yeah, it's been all weekend that the Mercedes has really just been right on what whatever the the build they needed they absolutely ticked every single box this weekend and it's turned into a massive bag of points for them with like with the sprint of course carlos picked up i don't remember the numbers now but carlos actually was second but he had a a engine penalty which put him down in seventh i think to start the race today exactly Um, so he got points but this is now i believe now it is go it, it it who is second in the constructor will be decided next weekend. Like there, there, it could still be Mercedes's, which would be 
bananas, right? Yeah, yeah. So right now, Ferrari around 514 points and Mercedes around 491. So I would still say Ferrari are pretty heavy favorite to still come in P2. But I mean, you see something like this happen again, which... Well, yeah. I mean, look... Another I, of these and yeah. that's it, right? They did it. So, exactly. I mean, will that happen? Who knows, right? Like, it's it, it, that feels way too early to call. We've got to wait a week, like six days from now to see how feasible that could be. Yeah. But, but something it, has happened, right? Mercedes yeah. have unlocked something with their car. I mean, it's easy to forget. They're the only ones on the field right now with that zero side pod concept, right? And it has not been working. And they've just been sort of lost for the majority of the season, not understanding. Sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's bad. The last few races, they've got something, right? And this was, I think, the most obvious example of there was no luck involved. There was no rain. There was nothing. They were just the faster car. They didn't need better strategy. They didn't need anything. They just had the best car on the track today, especially given the fact that Lewis was, what, P12 or something at one point, you know, early in the race and still was able to come all the way through to come into P2 and have a fair shot. And George, I mean, look, uh, again, we're going to talk a lot more about the race, but George just absolutely dominated. So it's like, Mm -hmm. to me, it's clear that at the very last moments of this championship this year, Mercedes have finally gotten on their car, which is going to be very interesting because what are they going to do next year? Are they going to continue this sort of the development of this sort of design? Are they going to go to something totally different? At this point, you've got to imagine that they're well underway. They've probably already committed to whatever the concept is for next Mm -hmm. year. So I'm going to be very curious to see. But at any rate, it does seem pretty promising for the championship next year. It's going to be a whole lot closer than it was this year. Yeah. I mean, because as you say, like, let's imagine that they've committed to a now a side pod design, right? Mm. They now have learned from other teams a little bit about side pod design, and they've now got their non side pod car working when that's a, a disadvantage. So if you combine all of that knowledge together, even if they had decided on going with side pods, you could, under, you could imagine a scenario in which they could try and craft the best car out of all of those pieces of information. But again, we never know, right? It's like we never would have expected them to be in the situation that they were in. So you can truly never understand how these things are going to go. They're just going to have a side pod on one side, no side upon the other side. (laughs) It'll be flawless design. They'll just run NASCAR tracks. Around half the corners, right? (laughs) So like they're just going to split the difference. That's okay. That's mm-hmm. why, uh, you know, us as the backmarkers, you know, that's why we get paid the big bucks because we've got those mm-hmm. big sort of big brain next level ideas. This is why you have steadily gone through the ranks. You've been like mm-hmm. technical director and yeah. now you're team principal now. Like I- it's this kind of big brain thinking <laughs> exactly that will it. get you up to the top. Uh, we got to talk about the race, right? Because yes. there was just so much. But I wanted to touch on two things from the sprint before we do. One was teammate troubles mm. up and down the field. Oh, yeah. So the two Alpines came together twice, which is just unbelievable, right, that that happened. Uh, and then uh, the Astons as well, which ended mm-hmm. up with Stroll. Like you should mention yeah. Stroll got in the points today, but he, he had a big penalty on his hands. Yeah. So he was very lucky to do, to get that. Yeah, like, I mean, so for the Alpines, right, I think it was a little bit more 50-50. Like, I know Alonso did get a penalty for one of the the things. To me, they're both just, you know, clearly... He, he owned up to it, but, like, afterwards, yeah. like, he was like, yeah, that was on me. But, like, that but second one, of them, one 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. One. But like, uh, regardless, you shouldn't be racing like that with anyone, much less your teammate. Uh, it's clear that you know Alonso. This is his uh, you know second to last race uh, today for the team. He's on his way out, and he's been very clear. He's like, look, I just want to just get in that green car and just forget all about this because he's had quite honestly a pretty miserable season. You know, just with uh, all the reliability issues and stuff. Uh, the thing though that I think was the most egregious yesterday was what Lance did. Like uh, Lance fully pushed Seb onto the grass, almost into the wall for essentially no reason right like it just yep. he like started coming over and kept coming over and kept coming over he got a i would say fairly reasonable penalty i think by maybe even a little bit of a lenient one because that sort of like okay yeah you don't race your teammate hard generally but you don't put anyone basically onto the grass into the wall especially because he wasn't even gonna be able to hold the position anyway like it was mm-hmm. just such a dumb mm-hmm. move so yeah it yeah was. but <laughs> If that wasn't enough, that was basically just a precursor to some of the other teammate drama that we had for the actual race. But I got to say, before we even move on to the actual race, between qualifying, between the sprint, between the race, this track this weekend was absolutely phenomenal. Like Unbelievable. Everywhere you look. It's just the overtaking. Overtaking. Uh, The overtaking. I I think I heard 37 overtakes in the sprint. Yeah. That is unbelievable. There's only yeah. 20 laps. Like, you know, like truly this has been a fantastic weekend of racing. Interlagos is a perfect track for sprints. Like sprint races have a way of either being brilliant or terrible. And I feel like there, I have not yet seen one that's in between. Yeah, like it's yeah. they're either really good or not. And this this track proved how they can work and i hope that if they're going to continue doing these we know they're going up to six that like i don't know off the top of my head i don't actually think they'd haven't announced which tracks i hope that the fia specifically pick the tracks with good overtaking opportunities you know like i'm saying this now they put one in monaco (laughs) 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 i just i i hope that they they that that is what they aim at specifically it's like we go for tracks where we can maximize the amount of excitement. Otherwise, there is no point in having a sprint if yeah. you can't have a lot of overtaking. There just is no point. That is all this is for. is a high-speed 20-something lap of just pure overtaking to set the grid. If you're just going to end up moving people around in mostly the same order, we may as well just stick to regular qualifying. Exactly, right? I mean, you can really think about a sprint as a you know 20 lap extension of the race and there's a red flag and 20 hours in between. You know, it's just, it's just a little bit of extra race to kind of, if there's going to be some excitement or whatever to, to happen. But I mean, it doesn't make a massive difference at the end of the day. But I will say I agree with a lot of people who do like the sprints and that even the most boring sprint is still a little bit more interesting than just watching like FP3. Like, I don't think there's a lot of interest or intrigue there. But uh, Mike, we got to do this. We got to talk about this race because, right. boy, box, box. oh boy, is there a lot. Are we ready to go in? Yep. Box for not enters. No, we're going to need some softs for this one. I think we're definitely going to be right. in need of some softs. All right, ready? I'm ready. Yep. Set and go. This episode of The Back Markets is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month. Now the plot twist, no. There isn't one. Seriously, Mint Mobile just has premium wireless for $15 a month. There's no trapping you into a two-year contract or opening the bill to find all these crazy fees. There's no luring you in with free subscriptions to streaming services that you're going to forget to cancel and end up being charged for. None of that. They just offer the right stuff, and they do it right. And I think the best thing is, look, you've decided to switch. You want to go to Mint Mobile. You want to get it set up quickly, and that is what they're all about. They send you the SIM. You put it in your device. You're ready to go. 
It's incredibly fast, incredibly easy, and you're going to benefit from great deals and great data. For people who don't like getting their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone of any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts, so switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service. Get premium wireless service for just 15 bucks a month and no unexpected plot twists at Mint Mobile mintmobile.com slash backmarkers. Seriously, you're going to make your wallet very happy at mintmobile.com slash backmarkers. Our thanks to Mint Mobile for their support, the backmarkers, and all of Relay FM. Time. Okay. Like, how are you feeling about that one? I really like went for it at the, at the last second. I you didn't did. take a breath. So like I was trying to just sneak in there. 125.9. Oh! Congratulations, my friend. You had, you know, arm day. Your, your wheel guns were all sort of tuned up. That was the fastest mint spot we have ever Ooh. done. That's actually, Mike, I'm going to go back through. That's the fastest ad read we've ever had on the show ever. Congratulations, That is incredible. Thank you very much. That That is almost like the Red Bull nose cone change. It is, which, which was impressive. Which is a perfect segue <laughs> into absolute lap one lap and then restart disasters so yeah. lap one cast your mind back daniel ricardo plays the pays the ultimate price <laughs> whoa whoa whoa! okay maybe the ultimate price Calm down, he's, on, he's on now they fired him he's they got rid of him they're like Goodbye. we don't even want you for the last race <laughs> yeah man after that one uh that was real stupid like this was one of those things where like he did he was stupid right like yeah he was, right and it is rare that that kind of thing happens, that you make a stupid mistake like that and it immediately bites you. But like he hits K-Mag, K-Mag spins, Daniel Ricardo tries to go around the outside, bang, race right over, into it. Both of them. I will say- So unfortunate for Kevin Magnussen. Yeah. That's, that, that's the real bad part of it, to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, look, let's be real. I don't think he was probably on pace to get points today. Like, I mean, he got, like yesterday was kind of his big day, and really Friday. Uh, I will say while- He should have got to at least- race the race though yes you know yes. i i agree with that but to me while obviously danny rick was 110 percent in the wrong there i am always a little surprised that this kind of stuff doesn't happen more often i mean you think about the visibility you have in these cars you think about how close they get all the time you think about mm -hmm. how easy it is just to get like because you figure you see your you know obviously your wheels and the wheel fairings and stuff but then your wing goes so far forward so far out it's really easy to do something like this right but yep. that being said a clumsy, clumsy error, completely wrecked K-Mag's race. Uh, and, you know, for what very well might be the second-to-last race of Daniel Ricciardo's career. Uh, I don't... Uh, let's not talk about it. I don't... I don't, I don't even talk about it. It's bad. I don't... Mm. 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 But then that ended up getting to a situation where we had a safety car. Mm -hmm. And then we had safety car restart, which caused absolute pandemonium. <laughs> so on the restart... So we had George and Hamilton was still in second at this point, right? I believe he was at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And Max had made some good moves that he was coming up on Hamilton. Uh, they come together. Uh, Hamilton loses what seemed to be pretty huge chunks out of his floor or his side, like the side wing. I don't it looked know like a pretty big whack. Yeah. 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 And did Verstappen lose his entire front wing? Had, he, just, 
he lost half of his wing from the right half of it yeah yeah because i know that like i heard this during the sprint which i didn't know which is interesting because they have the side plates on the wing and if they come off sometimes teams are told to come in but apparently red bull have previously demonstrated to the fia that their wing has enough structural integrity that if this happens they can race my theory now is they need to make sure it has the structure integrity mm-hmm. because Max will keep putting it into the side of everybody. <laughs> so they had to ensure that it had structural integrity. But he lost enough of the, the, the wing that he had to pit and he had to pit early. Mm-hmm. That was basically the end of, Ma- end of Max Verstappen's race, wow. especially because he then got given a five-second penalty for that. Yeah, okay. Look, I, I will say... I'm not a massive fan of the penalty that Max got. I feel like they were both being pretty aggressive. And while, yes, technically Lewis was ahead, Lewis gave Max no space. And yeah, Mm -hmm. Max could have stepped out of it maybe, but he was pretty committed to the move. I I think Max getting that penalty was a little bit unfair, especially considering that he obviously was the one who had the most damage. But uh, from certain angles, it did look pretty aggressive. I still, I think it's a little bit more 50-50 than just purely Max's fault. But... Uh, it definitely set the race up to be quite interesting because not only did Max have to end up coming into the pits and changing, uh, you know, his very very quick uh, pit stop for the uh, new nose cone uh, that threw Lewis back. I don't know where he landed it. It's like P nine, P ten. He definitely had some work to do from that. It point. looked bad for a while. It looked like he was out. Like I thought he was out because he yeah. just flew right back, and maybe he was being conservative, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, because then as well, immediately after that. Uh, Lando, so like Lando hit Leclerc, Leclerc span and put it in the wall. Yeah. But he was able to bring it back out again. So there wasn't a need for another safety car, which is, I mean, if there was another safety car, then Max's race probably would have looked quite different. Yep. Right. He was, because he would have kept 40, 10 seconds. Yeah. He was like 45 seconds behind yeah. or something at the end of that because obviously he had to yeah. come in under green you know stop change everything like that um, and he probably he probably took the rest of that lap pretty slowly right so that was a big big uh uh time difference that he probably yeah. lost at that point too i mean you know my kind of feeling on it is obviously i side would tend to side with lewis right um I look at something like this and i kind of look at it as like there was no way that was going to go any differently between the two of them um, right, like there was, all, they were always coming together. If they were, gonna, if they were getting that close, they were going to get real close. Yeah, and I mean, my natural assumption on this is the stewards maybe see something or have data that we don't that leads them to that. But I'm perfectly willing to accept that maybe that was a harsher penalty than was necessary. Yeah, uh, but like, especially because he lost out so much. Exactly. I don't know if it was necessary to give him the additional five seconds because, like, between if we if we're looking at between Lewis and Max, immediately you could see that now Max is a like he lost in that. Yeah, like Lu- and Lewis was fine, so I don't know if it was necessary to to give that penalty. Yeah, we'll see. yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I mean, look, uh, we know that Max and Lewis, when they come together, zero of them are neither of them are going to give an inch, right? So it's not really a surprise that something like this happened. Um, and the only thing I'll say that I will give to the stewards a little bit, there was one like helicopter angle, which did kind of show that Max really was kind of coming around and was clearly behind Lewis. I'm assuming that that's what the stewards saw and that was what they said because something about, you know, like the front axle, blah, 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 whatever. 
regardless, it didn't end up making a massive difference. The much bigger penalty was really just the fact that you know Max had to come in and change the nose and everything like that. Um, I mean, they get data about like the angle of the wheel and stuff like that. Too, yeah, right? so that's a good question. So I know that a lot of telemetry is being live transmitted, but also I know that some things, and specifically I think they've got like some 360 cameras or something on the car, but I know some things they do actually have to download after the race. So I'm not entirely sure. I know, I seem to recall, maybe it was like last year, there was some incident where the stewards wanted to wait until the cars were in and actually download some more data or something, but I'm not entirely clear on what they see live versus what they're able to get after the fact. But regardless, that was a huge deal for George specifically because then suddenly the race was just opened up. Everyone was way behind him. Clearly, he had the pace. And on top of that, Leclerc basically being taken out, although obviously he wasn't entirely, but you know, sent pretty much straight to the back. That also made things, uh, the, the sea was parting for him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lando, uh, clearly not a great day. Now, mind you, Lando did get, I think, a very well-deserved penalty. I mean, I think he just went wide. Uh, I don't think it was intentional, but he definitely just went wide and nearly ruined Leclerc's race. I mean, the fact did that Lando Leclerc, get a penalty? I missed that. I think he got a five-second penalty, which ultimately didn't matter uh-huh. because his engine gave out like two-thirds of the race. Uh, actually, it was, yeah, but two-thirds of the way through the race. But yeah. boy, just a boy. bad weekend for Lando Norris. He had yeah. food poisoning. <laughs> you know, like he did. Yeah, and you could see like he. It wasn't all there for him this weekend. And yeah. and then it seemed like he was nursing some issue from that collision with Leclerc. Yep. And maybe that led to the DNF, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, right? it could have been like, a I hydraulic. Don't really thing. see. Yeah, it could have been hydraulics, right? Yeah, yeah. That, never know. You never know. Point. I mean, one week we'll see Fernando Alonso's car fly through the air, land completely fine. Uh, five minutes later, you'll see someone tap another side pod, and yep. the entire car just gives out. So explodes into <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's uh, the thing, right? Lewis's car looked like it exploded today. Like you know, like there was so much shrapnel flying everywhere. But yeah. but then he, it seemed to absolutely not bother him at all. So well, I do think. A lot of that was probably Max's wing because he did mm-hmm. lose a full half of his wing and it mm-hmm. did kind of explode everywhere. Um, so, yeah. But similarly, then driving over that amount of debris, right? Yep. Like the, some of that must have got caught up in his car, especially when like so, uh, Science's race was partly ruined by just a tear off going in yeah. the engine. Yeah, yeah. Well, right? it was, it's just like a tiny piece of plastic like that. Yeah. But then there are all these huge pieces of carbon fiber. It's so funny how like just the luck can play in to 100%. a driver's race. Yeah, and I think uh, it was Leclerc earlier this year who had a similar issue, right? Wasn't it like Max like tore off uh, a mm-hmm. tear off and it went right into his brake duct or something? But yeah. I, can't, I, I can't believe that they are that those things are just allowed to be yeah. thrown. Like it, it really kind of does, I think, like... It, it tells like a different story to some of the other stuff that we see. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just very strange considering it can have an impact. Like yeah. if it was like, oh no, these things are made from such material that even if they go in the engine, they just immediately disintegrate. Like, but like no, if one gets in, it causes it can cause significant problems. Absolutely. And so it is kind of odd that they're allowed to just throw them. Like at what yeah. seemingly appears to be any point. Like <laughs> I don't know if there is a rule over what, anyway, it's a very strange... It's very strange. Yeah. All I right. want to jump straight to the end. Yeah, let's do this. This is, like- this is going to be, I think, the big talking point of this race, right? So, like, which is hilarious yeah. because, yeah, you know, we've got George Russell and he's made him win, but the big talking point now is going to be the situation between Max Verstappen, uh, Sergio Perez, and Red Bull. Yeah. This actually started with the sprint race. Mm-hmm. So, during the sprint race, 
Sergio asked for track placement over Max because he is at the point where he has Charles Leclerc on his tail for second and want, wanted the points. The points were important to him. You know, they were one up the other. Team orders were denied. Couldn't do it. So we go into the race today. Obviously, Max is having a not great race, but after a safety car, was able to pull up a lot of points, like a lot of places, and he was he was doing well. And they let... Sergio asked, uh, I believe at this point, to keep the place. I, I, I can't remember exactly what was going on there. Mm-hmm. But then they allowed Max through with the idea, like they said, like let Max through. He can try and jump if because if he can jump to Leclerc, he's going to hold you back, and then you know that's yeah. going to keep that distance a little further, right? Because then Leclerc is going to get less points. It is basically as effective as if Sergio finished in front of him. And to be fair, at this point in the race, uh, I think Max was on a newer set of tires, but regardless, was significantly faster. Right, Checo was falling. Yep. He went from like P three to like P six, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. Max came through. A little bit of a questionable decision. It does, and especially in hindsight, I think we have a little bit more context on it, but it did seem a little bit more like the team didn't really want to have to deal with it. So they're just like, hey, just let him through. He'll pass everyone in front of you. Don't worry about it, Uh, which he was not able to do. Um, Wasn't able to do it. And then Sergio was told, there is radio with this, her before, Sergio was told, if you're together on the last lap, you can swap places. Which makes perfect sense, right? We're going to let him through now to try and achieve something for you. If he can't achieve that and and it won't affect his race any further, you two can swap over. So I expect Sergio did everything he could to try and stay behind Max. Like he made that his goal now, right? Like I'm going to make that my goal. Final lap, Max is radioed in, swap the place, silence, team confirms it, and he says, Basically, I'm not doing it. I'm paraphrasing here, right? Like, yeah. I'm not doing it. You know my reasons, whatever that is. I ain't doing it. I told you to stop asking me, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's bad. Look, That's so bad. This is so bad. And it's so. And a oh, couple oh. of things that I saw just after we went live, because I just yeah. wanted to double check because I knew some stuff was going to come out. Yeah. On team radio, Sergio Perez said, it shows who he really is. And then in a, I saw this in a translation from an interview, right? So like a post-race interview, Sergio said, I think if he has two championships, it's thanks to me. You know what? Uh, one of those, wrong. one of those is thanks to him for sure. Yeah. Right. So yeah, look, his first one. Exactly. Right. right? Like Checo yeah. has been a, an incredible wingman. Now, this kind of stuff doesn't happen as often as it used to, right? But, I mean, you think back to, like, the Michael Schumacher days, right, where he was the undisputed number one of that team. It was written into the contracts. And to be fair, like, back in the old days, this was a very common practice, right, where you would have a number one driver, number two driver just had to do whatever, but the number one driver basically would, like, it was written in his contract, hey, you know what, you can never tell me to get out of the way for my teammate. Like, I always have to have the number one status, right? Uh, now, obviously, we don't know exactly what Max's and Checo's contracts are. Uh, it, it has seemed like this, that obviously Max does get priority, although obviously these days I think it's a little, uh, maybe not quite as kosher to be talking about, oh, yeah, I'm the number one, so whatever. But it, it, there's been a little bit of, like, a subtext here, right? 
And you've seen that Checo, while clearly not on the same level of performance as Max, has done his job well, right? He's been there to pick up a handful of wins when Max wasn't able to do it. He's been able to do things, you know, he was the Mexican Minister of Defense to hold back uh, Lewis for a while, you know, in the, the race last year. He's been able to do a good job of this, right? And look, this is just petty and stupid. And look, I'm a fan of Max, right? I think he's an absolutely incredibly talented racing driver. Yep. What are you doing? This is like P6 versus P7. Who cares? You You're the world everything. champion. You're the world champion. Why? Why? Uh, Why? You should be doing, at this point, everything to help the team. There's nothing left for you. Nothing. Nothing, like, right? Part of your... As the leader of a team, yeah. right? As the number one, part... I feel like, as an observer of the sport, part of your everything should be to drive your team forward. If you have achieved literally everything you can as a driver in this season because of you and your team, now you help the rest of the team. That includes your teammate. Because then you, as a, as a driver, will be helping your team take first, second, and constructors. Yep. Now, you should be doing everything you can at that point. You should be at that point sacrificing places for you to build gaps for Sergio. Like, yeah. why would you not do that? Like, you don't have to win every race, especially when, come on, now let's not be ridiculous. You knew you weren't going to win this one, right? Yeah. You are going to win this one. You won't. So why do this? Yeah. I don't understand it. Like, I, I really don't get it. And like, I compare, I'm going to compare him to Lewis now, all right? Now, Lewis wanted this win, and mm -hmm. he tried to get this win, and Mercedes were going to let him have the win if he got close, right? Like, yeah. they said, you can race. Like, just do whatever you're going to do. We're not going to pull team orders. On the radio, now, bearing in mind, like, I was really intrigued because they had a tire call that they pushed Lewis to take, which he didn't want, right? Mm -hmm. He had to change. He, he did a tire change, which he vehemently did not want, but yeah. they forced him into the box. Yep. So I was wondering, like, is he going to be upset about this? As like maybe he could see that as like, oh, I didn't win because of this, right? And on the radio, immediately after the race, congratulates George. Yep. That's a team leader, yes. right? That's like yes. part of what you're doing. And like similarly, I have no doubt that like in that situation, if the Ferraris got any closer, Lewis would start to try and defend for George if asked. Right. Totally. I, I mean, I don't know. That didn't happen today, but I feel like that would happen because you believe in what the team is setting out to do. And I think Max Verstappen today showed his true colors. Yes. Like, this is a feeling that, I, you know, I, I've said it before. I'm not a fan of his. I, I think he's an incredible driver, but I get these kind of bad vibes from him. This is one of those things where, like, he is in this for himself. He is not in it for the team. He is in it for nothing else. He it's is in it for himself. Gun. Yeah, it's it's so you can compare it to the other team orders that were attempted, which was Leclerc basically begging the team to have oh, that, Carlos Sainz. Did you mention that? Because I I forgot about this. Uh, Come on, Charles. Like it was sad. Like he's literally like think it was about pretty the points. <laughs> think about the points. The team. The points, guys. But like honestly, that would be more reasonable than what Max did, right? Like. You're asking okay, your your teammate to give you up a podium, right? Like that's a big deal. But like you can kind of understand something like, oh, you know, if they really wanted to pull something like that. But Max, it was P6. Who cares? Like literally. Yeah. 
the yeah. amount of blowback that he's going to get from this, the amount yep. of people who are big Max fans are like, man, Checo's been there helping you the whole time, and you're going to be petty, and a lot of other words I'm not going to use on air right now, for no reason. I honestly think it's going to do way more damage. I am than fascinated to see how the Red Bull PR machine tries to spin this, because like the problem they have is we've all heard Max say it. That's uh-huh. the issue. Yep. There's no way of getting out of this. We all heard him say it. And like, I kind of don't imagine he's going to say any different if asked. Like, yeah. I'm number I, one. I, I'm sure he, I'm sure they've asked him. I haven't seen it. Uh, if anybody in the, in, in our live chat has got any comment from Max, like that he's given in a post race, I would love to see it if anyone's got it. But like, I can't imagine that he is going to say, anything different than what we've already heard him say and like there's some like weird conspiracy theory about monaco which doesn't i don't see how that holds up like this the idea during a qualifying in monaco Mm -hmm. sergio had an accident he hit charles i remember this now i I googled it before we started and i saw an image of it and apparently max holds this against this is what this theory is that he holds this against perez because max couldn't complete his lap now if that's true, you're a world champion, man. It didn't yeah. matter, right? Yeah, and you, you're, you're 100% right. Uh, the Red Bull PR machine is going to spend this as hard as they can. I guarantee you the second Max pulled in, they pulled him aside. Look, you made a mistake. You sh- absolutely made the team look bad. You did you know, Checo wrong. Live on air on the radio, you're gonna apologize or you're gonna say, Oh, I'm gonna help him next time. And you know what? I was just in the heat of the moment, and you know, we had talked about something before. There's you're just gonna spin and you're gonna throw all the stuff you can to muddy the waters to make it seem like, oh, there's more going on uh, or breaking news. Breaking news. So this is from from uh, uh from the uh preceps in, in, in the chat. Helmut Marco has said at Abu Dhabi, Max will do everything possible for Checo to get second place in the Drivers' Championships. Everything is cleared up internally. That's the goal for Abu Dhabi. Don't believe mm. it. I don't believe mm. it. It's spin, How man. could you, within 20 minutes, right? How has Max changed his tune this much? He didn't. He didn't. He's being told to by Helmut. Like, again, like, Max was selfish here. And saying that these, these are his true colors, I, I think you're completely correct on that, right? And again, like I come from someone who's like been very you know admiring of his driving. And I get that, yes, these are 20 of the most elite drivers in the world. They're going to have egos and they're going to want to be the best, right? But this was such a stupid thing for a completely meaningless point to not give to his teammate, which was meaningful to him, right? Like, this is literally like, oh, this is my toy, and I'm not going to play with it because I want it, even though I'm not going to, like, I don't need it. It's it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, we're all going to hear all kinds of spin. We're going to hear all the the backpedaling they can, because obviously Red Bull, you know, Max says this because he can say it. Max knows that he can pretty much get away with whatever he wants at Red Bull. Like, it is his team, right? And so and that's the wrong way. No yeah. team should allow a driver to ever get to that level. Right? Exactly. Where the, and like, I think it's been pretty clear for a long time that they have built him up where just like it's mm-hmm. a case of, oh, if a driver can't drive well for Max, we'll just get rid of him. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. the problem that, that, that Rebel now has is they found one that can. Wow. But 
ish. No, but like <laughs> Perez can is the only driver that has been able to put in good results next to Max is kind of what I'm saying, right? Like there has been for years this huge discrepancy between the first and second driver at Red Bull. Yeah. And like we're now at a point where like Perez, whilst he's not at Max's level, can he can defend for him because he's good enough at that, but also can put in excellent results to get him to a point where he's fighting in contention for second, right? So like and you know like you need both of them to get a constructors championship over the line, right? Yeah. Like it has taken years for them to get someone in the, the, the with the confidence, experience, and quality level that Sergio Perez has had. Where stuff like this, like as soon as like Ferrari need a second driver, or like you know maybe McLaren, you know, they're gonna if they come knocking at Sergio's door, it's like, well, I'm not getting what I want here. Like mm-hmm. potentially, I might not win anymore. Like I'm not, I mean, I'm not gonna get. Uh, a driver's championship but he's probably thinking they're not going to let me have one here so I might as well go somewhere else and try and compete for it because if I'm Sergio Perez I'm now saying like they're never going to let me win because he's never going to allow it right I'm never going to be in a position where they will put team orders in my stead because he just won't allow it to happen and they'll keep letting him do it yeah like that's I'm not saying that is the case but if I'm if I was Sergio Perez that is how I would feel in a moment like this that like even if they're saying this Surely he's not going to believe that that's going to happen next week, no matter what is said. And you know what's made them such a good sort of team here, or at least between Max and Checo, is that Checo has been that good number two, right? Like he's been able to consistently do well, help Max defend, get some valuable points for the team. And if that relationship starts breaking down, if Checo just really realizes like, oh man, this is who my teammate really is, which is again, yep. pretty much exactly what he said. Now, mind you, Checo also is a professional, and he'll probably realize that there's no better option for him than Red Bull. He's doing well. He is able to win some races. So he'll probably ultimately just deal with it. But I just think it's worth for everyone who's a fan of Formula 1 just to kind of think about what happened today. And yes, things will evolve. There will be spin. We'll all kind of forget. But like, I think Max is saying the same thing now, that he'll do everything he can to help. But like, let's imagine imagine he does, right? Let's imagine we get to next weekend. And he does. Doesn't make a difference for what happened today. And also, now we're opening up the possibility that there is even a chance, right? Yep. Where there was a chance today mm-hmm. that he wouldn't allow. Yep. So it doesn't matter about next weekend. Like, again, like, aside from being told off, what has changed for Max in the last 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if next week, uh, Max and Checo are, are P1, P2, Max pulls over and lets Checo win the race, all right. That might convince me a little bit. The least he's trying to it's make. It's not going to convince me. It will convince me that something happened that made him do it. What it wasn't yeah. was his feeling for his team. Yeah. Because when given the opportunity with nothing hanging over him, like no bad, like you know. Yeah. And also as well, like this is clear. Like this is the thing of like, oh, it's all going to be better next week. What Max said was, "I've already given you that." So they've already had these conversations before. Well. Again, it's all a little bit muddy when you hear a little snippet of radio, but yeah, look. No, but like he says, I've already, along those, I've already, I've already told you this. Like I've already yeah. given. Like yeah. these conversations have happened before, and it's like, no, I'm not doing it. So, but like now, but oh, next weekend, yeah, fine. I mean, I, I think it's probably pretty clear that he's realized how bad that sounded. I'm sure the team have made it very clear. Like you sound like an absolute person who is not nice and well, no uh, he sounds like max Verstappen of 2018 2017 sure, 2019 sure. not like the guy they've had this year who's tried to be real squeaky clean mm. like it'd be like 
love the team, thanks to the team. Like you've yeah. been, he- I hear it a lot. Like in a way that I, it doesn't sound real to me. Like mm-hmm. it sounds very like these are the things you need to say. Like yep. thanks to everyone back at the factory. Like it, basically, it's like the stuff Lewis says. Yeah, but like, but like when you hear someone else say that, it's like. That doesn't sound real now because it just kind of sounds like like I'm saying what I'm supposed to say. Yeah. And look, I, I, I know we could go on this for a while, but can we all just take a second and imagine if the situation was reversed and it was Mercedes team orders instead of Red Bull and imagine if Lewis had said that about George. Can you just picture the blowback from the team, from the fans, yep. if Lewis had ever tried to pull something like that? But Max, look, we all know he's gonna he'll be fine. People will forget all about this, right? But like, man, it's just uh, I I feel like I've lost a lot of respect for Max today. It's just such mm-hmm. a just classless, just selfish, selfish move. I know we have to talk about other things, but man, that that yeah, I want to talk about good things because this was a was great race. It was a great a race. great race with great wins and something that I have been very excited about. I will say that to be to me. Max to show his true colors. It's kind of like, <laughs> Yo, this is like extra icing on the cake for me today, baby. You just you got know your whole I mean? bingo board. Oh, <laughs> Mercedes one two. Max. Race of the year. <laughs> this is a race of the year. Uh, underperformer of the race. Oh man. Okay. So after saying all of that, uh, Checo. <laughs> Look. Okay. Let me explain. Let me explain. Right. Checo was doing all right, and he had some pace, but. I know that he had a little bit of an issue toward the end as far as what he actually had, um, you know, with his tire offset and everything. But he was dropping tons of positions. Even when he had the best strategy, he couldn't keep up with George. I will admit that calling him the underperformer of the race is yep. a little harsh, especially given his wonderful and very kind teammate today. Um, but I, 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 this wouldn't have been a problem if Checo had maybe just a little bit more pace and was not getting passed by even people like Alonso. So... Uh, after all that, I feel bad about saying this, but 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 Checo. Interesting. All right. Well, I mean, I can see we, I can see where you're coming from with it because again, it was like to even be in that situation yeah. with Max. Yeah. Well, look at what happened to Max's race. Mm-hmm. And exactly. You, he still got back up there with you again. Yeah. So yeah. I can see what you're saying there. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's it's. One of the Red Bulls, I feel like, was the underperformer. One of them. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and people could just make up their mind of which one. <laughs> uh, back marker of the race. I didn't have anyone. I saw you write one down, and I'll go with it. Yeah, yeah, Seb, Seb. I I don't understand what happened. Right. I mean, he was doing absolutely terrific. He was running like honestly, like P five mm-hmm. for a while, and then he just kind of fell off. And even the fact that he got passed by Lance is really sad because he was doing such a great job. But um, I will say one thing, even though actually this is a true back marker of the race. Um, <laughs> uh, is Yuki. What happened to Yuki? I don't know if you were paying attention toward the end, but yeah. so basically, the at least the TV broadcast showed that the two Williams could unlap themselves. Yuki was not listed as one of the drivers who could unlap himself. I don't know what oh. happened. He was kind of in the middle, and at one point, it seemed like he was going to try to unlap himself by himself, but then he didn't know, and he ended up not. So Yuki was actually the only driver. I'm going to double-check this, but as far, as far as I know, Yuki was the only driver to actually finish the race a lap down, and it seemed like it was a problem. Yes, so Yuki's the only one a lap down. Uh, it seemed like it was a problem with the FIA because there's no reason – all three of them were, you know, one lap Because I saw a moment where, like, Yuki was, like, doing something weird. I'm like, what mm-hmm. is he doing? I didn't catch that he was actually ever needed to unlap himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
I, I don't know exactly. Some people in the comments are saying that uh, maybe there's some specific rules about the timing or who was in the pits at the wrong time or whatever the case was. Clearly, there's a lot of confusion there. I find Weird. it really hard to believe. I mean, obviously, we've had issues like this in the past with letting lap cars <laughs> I pie. Don't, I don't find this hard to believe. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't understand quite what went wrong. I, I've, it's really hard for me to believe that it's Yuki's fault because, I mean, when they let lapped cars by... Yuki was there, and it was a very long safety guard period. It wasn't like they didn't have time to get out there. So uh, I guess while Seb is my true backmarker of the race, Yuki was quite literally the backmarker of the race who got screwed <laughs> by some rules or something. Poor Yuki. Uh, yeah, man, Yuki's just having a time. He's just having a time. But yeah. Um, okay, Mike, I'm going to just say it. Uh, what was your favorite thing of the race? Uh, wait, wait, wait. Can I take a guess? What was your favorite yeah. thing of the race? Uh, was it seeing... I'm going to try to make a joke. Of course, it's obvious what your favorite thing of the race was. Please illuminate us your feelings and your thoughts on the moment. Um, I'm actually going to go with something. I, I, I assume that you're angling towards George's win, which obviously yeah. I adored. But like, I think my, my favorite moment of the race was the pure hammer time after mm. the incident. Like what? Because George absolutely dominant, right? Like yeah. the whole race. And like sometimes when it, when a driver does that, it's like, you don't see a lot of them and, you know, he's out there doing his thing. And, of course, it just, like, because I will say my favorite thing happened after the race, which was watching George's reaction, right? Yeah, but yeah. if we were saying that, that that was my favorite thing of the whole weekend, which is seeing how much it meant to him, it was fantastic. Uh, hearing our anthem again, you know, like, fun fact, first time God Save the King has ever been, like, te- I mean, if it's the same piece of music, they yeah. have lyrics, but it's been, anyway. So actually, it's one of these silly F one facts. Isn't it right? normally like, God Save the Queen, and then it, does it just change to whatever the monarch is? Actually, I'm not familiar. Oh with yeah, this. our national anthem is now God Save the King. So like the words oh. change. Oh, so Wait, it just changes Queen to King. That's the only change. Really? Okay, because yeah. I heard so God Save the anthem. King, and I was like, that seems weird. I feel like that's not what it's normally called. Okay, no. I got it. But like, it has to change, right? Because right, yeah, it depends who who we have. But we just have had a queen for a really, really, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. really, really <laughs> for long as long time. As we've right? all been alive. <laughs> yeah. So. uh but that you know, it was obviously that was all fantastic. But yeah. watching Lewis just eat the opposition lap after lap was just, I, I just it's I missed that. Like, like I really year. missed that. Yeah, it w- it was just like last year, and it was really interesting. There was so much talk of that leading in to the race today of like how I can't remember. It was like I got a bunch of penalties or something, and mm-hmm. he got given. There was some weirdness to it too, if I remember yeah. rightly, because I knew that he felt really put out by something that happened. I don't remember what it was, but I remember at the time Lewis being like, I'm fighting. And he did, and he won, and it was incredible. Yeah. And yeah. so there was a lot of talk about that leading into this weekend. So that just seeing him just, he was just breezing past people for like, for multiple laps. It mm-hmm. was really, it was special to me to see yeah. that again, because I feel like I've, I have missed that. Uh, yeah. as a fan this I, this year. I got to say, Mike, I never thought I'd say this, but my favorite thing of the race was seeing a Mercedes 1-2. <laughs> it yeah, just felt like such a like refreshing thing because like, mm-hmm. yes, of course, Mercedes. Like The thing is, I feel like... And as, earned. Earned. Yeah, earned, too, 100%. Right? Yeah. right? Like It's like in Formula 1, no, you don't want to see the same thing over and over again, right? Like, you know, while Mercedes are winning all the time, you know, you're hoping for someone else to finally win or whatever the case is. Yep. And it's like, while... 
you can have feelings about all the different teams on the grid. I feel like you can't hate Mercedes for anything other than being really good, right? Like they're not like they do a good job. I think both their drivers are reasonable. Toto's not some raging lunatic like maybe someone else on the grid. <laughs> um, and it's like it's it's nice to see a team who have had a really rough year and have really not done anything wrong necessarily besides some poor decisions. When, obviously, when it came to developing their car, and it's nice to see them kind of come full circle and actually do really well and obviously seeing george get his first win which was well deserved although i'm not gonna lie i was kind of rooting for lewis a little bit toward the end i just like man yeah. keep that streak going you gotta get this win but obviously i mean look george had it covered the only bad thing you can say about george the entire weekend was the fact that he did wipe out in qualifying which i will say i do kind of think maybe should be a rule that you don't get to keep your lap if you do well in like Q3 or something and then wipe mm. out, which is exactly what happened to Checo in Monaco where, you know, he, he had put down the, I think, I think he was pole. And then, you know, he kept, when he spun, he kept everyone else f- from finishing their laps. So I do think maybe that's a rule that should be implemented where, Hey, if you're, you know, you don't get the advantage. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you're doing really well in qualifying and then you wipe out and you crash and red flag and ruin everyone else's uh, qualifying, maybe you shouldn't be able to keep your really nice grid spot. But regardless, I think it was great to see Mercedes. I feel like really well. again, it's one of those things that needs an asterisk, right? Like, yeah, it's if tough. if you go out, yeah. but you have a time and everyone else completes, yeah, fine, right? You keep whatever you had, but if you red flag the session, yep, I feel like you should drop down to yes, whatever is the bottom of the mm-hmm. bracket that you're in. Yeah, I. I that's, I like that rule. Let's, let's work on getting that one uh, yeah. put through. We'll, well, we'll I mean, make an f- official request. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll call Mr. FIA and say hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, because, I mean, look, uh, obviously there's no uh, there's zero shot that George did that on purpose. But you can imagine a scenario in which George knows the rain is coming, or any driver, right? Knows the rain is coming, gets a good lap in, and maybe has a little moment on purpose to try to, to stop things. It's almost as if there was a champion years and years ago who tried to do something similar at Monaco in 2005. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, 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 don't worry about it. So, Mike, what was your, who was your driver of the day? Is it, is it Lewis? George. Oh, it is George. George. Okay, okay. So, yeah. favorite moment is Lewis, but favorite driver is George. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair. I agree I mean, with that. he, like, the, the driver of the day went to Lewis, right? Like, the official one. And I see, I can totally see why. So, like, this is why specifically I wanted to talk about George, of, like, if Lewis was great, which he was, George kept him at bay. Mm-hmm. George kept everyone at yeah. bay today. He made like, it look easy. This this was one of those things where like, look, we'll never know what would have happened if Max would have stayed on. But George, at every point in today's race when he needed to be, he could build a gap. He built a gap to everyone, including the start, right? Like he was ahead of everyone by a good margin from the word go today. And yeah, and he did it. Like he 100% did it. He did it yesterday. He did it today. He, he proved why he will be a world champion one day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he, yeah. he proved that. Whether he'll do it or not, we'll have to see. But, like, he shows he has the stuff, right? Yeah. We've seen it for a while, but we needed to see something. And, like, today, he got the stuff. Can I actually hit you with a slightly hot take? Please. I think George might be the most impressive driver of the year. I think so. Like, obviously... Yeah. He has had to fight through a an enormous amount of difficulties with his car, 
But the amount of top fives he's done, the consistency of his performance yep. across the board. No, he hasn't been able to storm through and absolutely destroy the entire field like Max has. But let's not forget, Max has had pretty much the class of the field as far as his car has gone all year long, right? Like, it's not even been close. But to see the consistency of George, to see him finally reward with the win, I still don't know if I could, in good faith and conscience, tell you with a straight face that, you know, George is the absolute best driver of the year, like, for sure. But to me... George and Mac, they're, they're both up there, right? And I feel there's a real argument I think it's to between be made. the two of them. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, you know, it's what we were talking about for the first half of the season until we had his first DNF. Yeah. Was like he was Mr. Consistency. He was at that point the only one that had finished every race and he was finishing every race top five yep. in a car that should not have been able to do it. Exactly. Where his teammate was a seven time world champion and he couldn't make it work. Yep. Right. But George was making it work. Like, I do believe this year he would have been the world champion if Mercedes had the right car. I think the points show that, right? Yeah. Lewis is obviously very incredible, right? George is younger. Like, and I think it makes a difference. I do think it makes a difference that he has the, the youth, the like, I don't know, the, the part of his brain that makes him take risks. I don't know what, right? But like, I think he could have done it. And, and I think it really is only a matter of time now until George brings home his first world championship. And I genuinely hope it's next year. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I think it's been terrific to see. And I know that he's had a spot of trouble lately. Um, but generally speaking, I think he's done an absolutely terrific job all year long. I think uh, a couple of mistakes. Not without errors, right? Exactly. But, uh, yeah. But point like, to me, the driver who right who has not messed up. Yeah, I just this year. I think some of his drives early in the season, delivering those top fives, are more impressive than half of Max's wins. Right? Of you know the it. it it would be the same as if we saw Lance Stroll, you know, get, you know, P5, 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 right? Like, obviously, the Mercedes mm-hmm. is a little bit better than that. But, like, it would just be very impressive to see something like that. But, anyway, it has been quite the day, my friend. It has been quite the weekend. And we're almost done with this season. We got one oh, race no, one left. More. One more. <sighs> Man. Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Uh, well, the good thing is, though, is that Abu Dhabi is known as a uh, simple race. Uh, there's really never really been any drama there. No I controversies. It's a, it's, a, it's a good place just to kind of just kick back, uh, enjoy the last race, take a nap. So I'm sure we'll have nothing to talk about next week, and we'll just be, you know, sipping mimosas on the beach, talking about mm-hmm. um, how George lapped the field or something. I don't know. Mac probably I ne- I, dumb. I never watched last year's because I was on a plane when the race happened. I forgot about that. You were actually yeah. leaving because we had hung out actually right before that, yep. didn't you? Oh, my. Yep. Right. I was coming home from Don't California. Don't watch that race. Don't watch that And race. I never watched it. Yeah, you're like, good. Because I, I would have, but then after everything that started to unfold, like I just can't. I can't bring myself to watch this, so I've never seen it. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to see a lot of clips next <laughs> over the next week of it. Uh, I saw a lot of clips of it at a time. But I, I watched the relevant parts. So I, yeah. like, I watched some of the last lap, right, just so I could yeah. understand what had happened. Because, it, you know, there was like a, like a week there where, like, no one could understand what was going on. Right? Wild. Like, we, we had a lot of information we needed to learn. So I've seen parts of it. But, yeah, I, I, so I don't think I've seen a, a race at Yas Marina. I don't think, I, I don't think so. That well, because there wasn't one the year before, I don't think. So I'm very oh excited. I've driven it a bunch in the, in the game, but it's actually uh, it's a f- it would be incredible if Lewis could pick up the win next week, just yeah. to like put a point on this season and mm-hmm. last year's, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, it uh, we'll see. I don't know. 
Here's the here's the storybook finish that would make 100% people in Formula One happy. It's a podium where Lewis wins, and we see Seb and Danny Rick on the podium so they can go go, uh, go out on a, on a high. But you know who that makes happy the most? Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, no and every happy. single person who's ever watched a Formula One race would like to see that podium. But uh, mm-hmm. look, I will say, while Max is, of course, still the favorite, like he has been for the entire season pretty much, uh, don't count out Mercedes. We're seeing pace from them lately that is way above and beyond what they've been able to show this year. They've unlocked something with that car. I could see Mercedes being in the hunt because we didn't think that they were going to be in the hunt you know, today, and yet they've been consistently fast all weekend. So that Mercedes is looking quick. We might just see... You might just see a Lewis win. Unlikely, but I think way more possible than I would have if you would have literally asked me last week. So I want to give one last quote for you. I want to check. Oh, no. So another one from Max. Right? Okay, here we go. So, you know, this is about, about his, like, his reasons, right? Like he had mm-hmm. his reasons. Sure. It's good that we talked about it now and basically cleared everything that was there why I didn't do it. So... They had a really productive 20 minutes I, after the race. Like ow. everything got dealt with, which is <laughs> awesome. Uh, and I'm just, you know, I'm just happy uh, that we're, everyone's good and uh, we'll move forward as a real strong team <laughs> from now on. Boy, how convenient it is that that thing that happened all those minutes ago was just taken care of and we talked it through and it's all good and you know Checo and I are gonna hold hands walk down the beach and share some wine tonight as we discuss our Mm -hmm. happy future and uh nothing else because it's totally fine wow that's mm, yep look literally something live throughout the back marker show we're seeing the reunification of the Red Bull team and so you know. good. You love to see it, right? You, love to you know see what it. I mean? You love to see it. It's great. It's great. I wish all this was fantastic. <laughs> Brilliant weekend of racing. Brilliant weekend of racing drama. Like this is all like this is this is why I love the sport. All Absolutely. of this, right? All of this. There's going to be a whole episode of Drive to Survive about oh, this. Yeah. Maybe complicated oh, yeah. because Red Bull don't deal with them. Yeah, Did yeah, you know Max this? is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Max is not being interviewed by Drive to Survive, and then he was boycotting Sky, which I don't think he is. This oh, week, all of like, Red Bull boycotted Sky. That yeah. la- that boycott lasted one week, which I'm is just surprised. yeah. So yeah, just more of the pettiness. Boy, a bunch of Sergio soldiers. said he didn't want to work with them this year either because they felt like he got he felt okay. like he got snubbed last year, Can which I, I do understand. I'm just gonna give a little pitch to everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay tuned. After the show, I have a story about that that I'm going to share in the cooldown room. So you may want to go and check oh. out the YouTube VOD of this, but mm-hmm. I may or may not actually know some firsthand information about that whole Checo thing. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. So If you do want to catch that video and you are listening to the audio and you want this special story, go to backmarkers.live. That will take you to our YouTube channel and you can check out the cooldown room, which is what we continue recording with the people that hang out with us live on YouTube. Uh, the audio of the show is at backmarkers.fm and we're at Backmarkers Live on Twitter. We'll be back next week for the final race of the season. And I guess we will review our predictions for the season that we made before the season began, which I cannot wait to talk about. I have not read them. They're at the bottom of our document and I have not looked at them. I remember mine. I remember one of mine or two of mine. I don't remember yours at all. So I'm very excited for that. Well, Uh, until next time, say goodbye, Austin Evans. Goodbye. And we will see you for what I'm sure will be the most exciting race of the year where everything will be happy and fun and all our favorite drivers will do really well and nothing bad will happen. 
very confident.